This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 230 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This episode is called Diary of a Pro Gambler. And you're probably thinking, what the fuck has that got to do with Fight Disciples? All will be explained. Don't you worry about that. Before we get into it, though, as you well know, uh, or you probably know, Adam Cattrall is away at the moment. He's over in Toronto. Uh, still sunning himself with family. Been to see Toronto FC. I seen on his Twitter on his uh, on his handle. Honestly, some people are just glutton for punishment. Um, but he's away at the moment, so I've got a guest in today and a guest in on the boxing show as well. Apologies that we're a little bit late, bank holiday and all that. You know, got to have some time with the family. You know how it is. Um, but what on today's show? Literally going to go right over UFC Lincoln. We're going to look up ahead to the big fights at UFC two two eight and UFC two two nine. A um, little bit of homework. Thank you to everyone that has gone above and beyond and bought a Fight Disciples Gorilla King tea. It's been absolutely mental. I'm going to put a picture on social media today of a, a photograph I took over the weekend of me, the missus and kids, bagging T-shirts, literally T-shirts getting bagged everywhere. It was kind of insane. Didn't expect to get that kind of reaction whatsoever. So, again, thank you so much if you've bought a Gorilla King tea. And let me tell you, I'll also let you know where that money is going to be spent because obviously, you know, it certainly ain't going to be paying off mine or Adam's mortgage. It'll get it back invested into the Fight Disciples brand and it will facilitate one or both of us to be at a massive event very soon. I'll let you know more about that when it gets finally sorted out. Um, that brings me on to today's guest or today's co-presenter, should I say. And the, uh, the name of the show, Diary of a Pro Gambler, should be a little bit of a... A little bit of an indicator there. Um, this guy who I'm going to introduce now, we got chatting on social media a couple of months ago, uh, followed one another, followed the Fight Disciples. We started talking about betting in MMA. Um, his Twitter handle is at MMA underscore betting. His website is MMABettingTips.com. I am, of course, the most Chris Alsop. Chris, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. Not you... at all, mate. Yeah. Not at all. Your life fascinates me chris fascinates me so obviously similar position to myself you know a little bit younger than me but young family you know kids everything else um yet you make a living how much your income then that's the first question one is from gambling all of it pretty much i've got a website where i make a small amount Mm -hmm. um but but nothing really. If it, that's why I first contacted you. Remember, I was concerned about the BT Sport deal. Yeah, really concerned because right now, you know, I watch fights for a living. I yeah. talk about fights for a living. It's my dream job. Yeah, I yeah. never would have thought I'd be in this position, and the thought of that being taken away from me is the scariest thing on the planet right now for me. And uh, and uh, yeah, BT Sports losing the rights to just that feeling of uncertainty all of a sudden, yeah. um, because we don't know. You know what what the situation is going to be with eleven sports. I know the bookies won't be keen um, to take big bets on a sport that's only provided through a streaming platform, potentially with a delay on the broadcast, which leaves yeah. them open to, you know, being 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 stung yeah, essentially yeah. from people in the arena and stuff. So yeah, I was just really concerned. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, I thought I thought the natural progression, the way the sports going for years, I've been hoping Sky Sports would pick it up. Yeah. Um, 
so at the moment, just to give everyone an update on Eleven, because I'm you know, a little bit ahead of the curve on it, just because because some of my friends and contacts at IMG and people at the UFC, where where it's at right now, it goes live on Eleven mid January when the BT Sport current BT Sport deal ends. There is very positive talks taking place that it will be a channel on Virgin. So if you've got a Virgin package, you will get Eleven Sports as a channel. And conversations are ongoing with Sky for something similar. It will be a channel that you can access through packages. It's just where it sits in that list. You know, will it be a free channel or will they need the full sports package? That's the stuff that's being sorted at the moment. As you can imagine, the big conversation in there is Virgin are probably saying, yeah, we'll have it, but we want your three or four pay-per-views a year, which are via marked to be on our BT Sport pay-per-view platform. And as you can imagine, I'm sure Sky Sports are in exactly the same position because, listen, Anthony Joshua might sell pay-per-views, but nobody sells pay-per-views even in the UK like Conor McGregor. So that's what the conversations, that's why the delay. But listen, I know Eleven is available now as a streaming platform with the golf and Italian and Spanish football. It's ruffled a few feathers because people are like, what's going on? But don't, as MMA fans, we've got till January. We've got to the end of the year. So them negotiations will hopefully have caught up with each other. But I'm confident, very confident about Virgin, quietly confident that it will be on Sky as well. So That's listen, the conversations I had with the UFC were, we're not going to go from a potential audience of 7 million, which is the amount of people that have got BT Sports in this country, to anything smaller. Mm-hmm. We're go- we want to go to a bigger platform, yeah. which would be... Your Virgin and your Sky combined, over 20 million potential customers, mm-hmm. that's where they want to sit, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't have moved. Yeah. They'd have stayed exactly there. So it's um, it's it's kind of like it will sort itself out. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, but for someone like yourself, what, take us back then, Chris, to your journey into mm-hmm. your dream job. What were you doing beforehand? When did you make the jump? And how did you fucking talk your wife into yeah. it? So <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. So... Like how most people end up doing what they do, it was by complete accident. If you would have told me in the past, this is how I would be in a living, I would have told you you're crazy. Yeah. Like never would have thought it would happen, but started 10 years ago. Like it's been a long time in the making with just the birth of my son, basically. Uh, I was working part-time in Tesco, mm-hmm. earning 800 quid a month. Just hated my job. You know, every morning when the alarm clock goes yeah. off, I did it, and you just have I that feeling tes- of pain. I stacked, tes- I stacked yeah. shelves at Tesco's for two years when yeah. I was studying, and it's mentally hard. Like yeah, it yeah. drains on you. Um, and I was just heading nowhere fast. Basically, um, didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew damn sure I didn't want to do that for too much longer, but didn't really know where to go. Um, so my son was born. He's nine now, and I just remember, like, even when my missus was pregnant, like it didn't really hit me that I was, like, having a kid, if that makes sense. Like, I was too young, and I wasn't ready for it. But then as soon as he was born, and you hold him, it's kind of like, it gets real, doesn't it? Absolutely. And then straight away. It's real, real, real. real. <laughs> and it was like a switch went off in my head that was like, right, I need to do something now, because paying eight, getting paid £800 a month in Tesco, it's not going to cut it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it, it, I, I didn't have any direction. And the problem is when you don't have any direction, you're under pressure to start earning more money. Um, it's hard to make good decisions. Yeah. So at that point, I probably made the worst decision ever and just start gambling. Yeah. But that, that's that's the thing that draws most people to gambling, isn't it? It's desperation. That's why that's people do the lottery money. every week. Exactly. They actually think they're going to win the lottery. And I actually thought I would make money gambling. And, and for the longest time, I didn't. Like, it was brutal. And I probably yeah. should have quit. So did you read a, you know, a ton of books? Did you, you know, did you, because there's loads of stuff out there. The reason I know a good friend of mine, he wants to become a professional gambler 
but his focus is horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has read, read every book under the sun. He mm-hmm. kind of does it now. And we started like a WhatsApp group where he was like, right, okay, I'm going to show you how, how to make money. And we all put like £50 and it lasted about four races and it was gone. And I just thought, wow, you, you, you've, you couldn't have any more information at your fingertips mm-hmm. and you can't make it work. It sounds such a yeah. such a difficult place. So for, for 10 years or for the nine years, mm-hmm. where, when did you get to a point where you thought, wow, okay, mm-hmm. this is turning a profit now. I can pay a mortgage with this mm-hmm. now. I can pay rent with this now. Yeah, well, I'm like, I'm really, I'm quite a risk averse person. I don't. Like, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I, I never, you, you'll probably notice, I never advertise my website, rarely post about it on Twitter. Yeah. Don't really put myself out there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that took me a long time to make that jump. Because when you've got kids, you know what it's like. It's easy to take risks when you're, you're 20. Of course. But when you've got, got to put a roof over your head, it's not as easy. So I only made the actual full-time jump, went all in about two years ago. But I started earning more from gambling than I did from my day job mm-hmm. about four years ago. So I was juggling the two, but I was quite lucky. I was doing a job. I was a content creator for Tesco. I managed to work my way up through the ranks over the years, yeah. um, which, you know, probably shouldn't have done it. But the job was quite flexible. I was pretty much my own boss, so it made it easier to juggle the two. Yeah. It wasn't like I had to be in at nine every day, finish at five, constantly punch the clock. I, I could kind of juggle the two. So it did make it easier to transition, but it took eight years. Wow. A long time of just grafting, grinding, loads of setbacks. I still loads of setbacks. Now that doesn't stop. The only thing is, where you have all that information you read in the books, yeah. you just have to get comfortable with losing. As crazy as that sounds, because it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you lose a lot. Of course. But the way you deal with those losses, whether you can continue to keep grinding out profits, or whether you just let those losses affect your judgment, you start making bad decisions. Well, that's the thing. I think as someone who, who bets occasionally, um, I'm someone that'll, go, that'll bet and go, Ugh, just lost 20 quid there. Yeah. And I can walk away because I'm only an occasional better. Yeah. But then if I go, like I've, I've been to Ainsley a few times, I've been, I've been to race days on people's stag dues and whatever else, and I'll have a bet and go, oh, I've just lost 20 quid. I'll put 30 on the next race to get that 20 back. And yeah. I, I think as a, as a gambler, yeah. that's probably the worst thing you can possibly do. Yeah, well, chase your money. That's the thing. Well, the thing is, like, I didn't start out betting large sums of money. I literally started out. What, what happened was, the reason why I got into it, years ago when I was, like, 15, 16, I watched The Ultimate Fighter when he was on Bravo. He used yeah. to come home from work, check it on. But you know, back then, it wasn't easy to watch the UFC. In, in fact, it was practically impossible. Unless you bought some videos from HMV or VHSs, something. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't do it. Of course. And then years later, um, when I had my son, obviously, you're up all night with a baby, and, uh, and I'd just be sat on the sofa... UFC would be on. I think it was on Satanta back then, yeah. probably. And um, yeah, I would just, I would just go, go through the fight card, um, scan Wikipedia, looking at the win loss records, and just to make it more interest, I'd bet a fiver on every single fight, fighter A win or fighter B win. Okay. And I started off doing that. So just single bets, not just an single. No, always just singles, like just fighter A or fighter B. Yeah. And then after a while, I, I was always used to either win a little bit, lose a little bit, yeah. but for the most part, float around, break even, just going nowhere basically of course so then i just thought what would happen if i only bet five pound on the fights that i actually felt pretty confident in yeah and then again you still float around break even but you start to creep up and you start to win of course very because small of, amounts because of your knowledge as a fan you think, yeah okay his style yeah suits his style yeah 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 fancy that bet you know just just grinding and then over time uh, you know it just built up and up and up i learned about compound interest and even though I bet large amounts now, 
which would be terrifying to a lot of people mm -hmm. because it was so like it's been so slow getting there yeah even though the amount of money is still a lot of money to me i'm just literally a regular guy it's like it's almost like it's not money do you, do you know what I mean? It's just like a game that I've been playing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. As weird as that sounds. And I think it helps being online as well. You know, you're not actually drawing out cash, going yeah. into a bookie, handing over cold hard cash. So I think that makes it a it's little easier. It's more like easier. Bitcoin type thing. Where yeah, it's like, It doesn't exactly. actually really exist. So, yeah. so how does it work? Do you have like a, a float in your... Do you have numerous accounts? Do you have one account yeah. where you bet? Or do you have like little floats everywhere and then each month you kind of withdraw a little bit out of each one to, okay, to mm. your wife, okay, there's my money for the month sorted. Yeah. Is that how it kind of works? No, it's. It, I wish it did work like that. That would be nice. But unfortunately, you know, I, not a lot of people know, but bookies shut you down very quickly when oh, you start right. doing a, not even that much money, to be honest with you. They make it very difficult for you to make money. Yeah. Um, Once so they for, see you're just ticking along, making yeah, money, taking a little bit. They'll of the shut top you down. Hundred really? percent. Yeah. So for the longest time, um, I've just relied on like family and friends to place place bets for me. Wow. Um, but I don't withdraw. So as soon as you make a withdrawal, say you have like a couple grand in a betting account, and you would say you withdrew five hundred quid straight away, because such a small percentage of people that bet on these sites make a withdrawal. Yeah. They'll flag your account for review, and chances are, if you've been betting smart, mm -hmm. just play, stick into single bets, not not accumulators, not these stupid bets like. See, that's my problem. Darren Tilda winning round three by knock. Like those are the kind of bets they want you to place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Darren Tilda in round two. I've just done it the other week. It, it's, that's <laughs> what. They, but if you drive past the bookies, yeah, you'll see in the window. Like you, you'll literally see like, you know what I mean. You'll see like Paul Pogba to score first and Man United to win three one. Yeah. At ten to one or something, and that's what they want. Thousand to one, exactly. But of course, yeah. So they want you to come in and do these multiple bets. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. So if you just stick to the basics, yeah, um, you can have a lot of success. If you know a decent amount of MMA, a, a decent amount about MMA, you can have a lot of success. So yeah, they'll shut you down quickly. So what what I tend to do is I will. The good thing about the betting sites in the UK is when they close you down, they will give you your money. Right. Like in ten years, I have never had a problem getting money out of a betting site ever. Okay. So, so an betting company will just message you saying, "Sorry, we're closing yeah. down your account. Is your opportunity yeah. to withdraw all your money out?" Yeah, and if you go on my Twitter and have a look back through, uh, like if you click like the link for media and have a a, a a a look back through, when I get emails, sometimes I like post the actual email on my profile pe for people to see because most people don't know they do it. Yeah, they yeah. just think like pro gambler some guy that walks into a casino with a bag of money and it's just i wish <laughs> guys i wish i was driving a ferrari it's not like that no. so what i tend to do i just uh i gamble hard on an account um and then as soon as it gets limited i just take all the money out and then i'll keep the profit and put the original deposit into another account and just keep it rolling but i never make with right regular withdrawal so haven't had the withdrawal from MMA betting, yeah, I made a little bit of cash on the World Cup. Probably complete luck. Yeah, um, so that's kept me ticking over over the last couple of months. But I haven't had to withdraw from MMA since like April. Wow. Yeah, but so luckily, towards the end of last year, I went on. It was just a ridiculous run, a massive, massive run. But it, it, it's up and down, yeah. and that's what kills a lot of people off as well. And I see it with the, with, with the members on my website. Like no matter how much you you say to people. Like it's, this is completely normal. Like losing is just a part part of 
of what we do. Yeah. You know, the important thing is when you are losing and you're not doing great, it's just to keep as close to break even as you can, not let it affect you, keep making good decisions. Yeah. Um, because the thing that people don't realize about MMA is like to get to the highest level of anything, mm-hmm. you, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. And MMA fighters, th- to get to where they've got in the UFC or, or Bellator or whatever, they've got to be good at learning from their mistakes. Of course. So when count, we're count researching... On, count on one hand the number yeah, of undefeated. Exactly. Across, across the, the exactly. entire sport. So when, when you're researching a fight, you're doing it from old data, old information, old footage when you're studying fight footage. So... You you can't these people that just give out predictions and super confident predictions and and you know they they'll they'll nail their flag to the floor and say this is how a fight is going to go down. Yeah, I think they think that's what people don't realize when it comes to betting and 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 you have to be prepared to lose because fighters are always improving. They're always trying to correct their mistakes. Like you look at look at Tim Williams against Eric Anders like the past yeah. weekend. Like I I spent a ton of time researching that Lincoln card and if you go back and watch Williams's past fights completely different guy to what you saw in the first round against Anders yeah. and you saw it threw Anders off completely absolutely and he was a massive favourite yeah, yeah. D- Anders completely just I'm not going to say he froze but usually comes out the gate 100 mile an hour doesn't yeah. he very aggressively but he lost that first round yeah because he's probably thinking what the fuck is this <laughs> like this exactly. is not what I expected <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's the type of thing you can't predict and but there, isn't that MMA all over though there's so many ways to win and yeah. lose it's brutal Yeah, and that's why people get lottery. crushed because listen I, you know I, I've been behind the curtain in horse racing you know a couple of years ago 10 years ago actually I rode a racehorse at a professional racetrack oh, wow. on a race day believe it or not even though I'm 6'2 and it, it was a charity race it was because I was doing this charity thing over a year where it, where it was in different sports but I got to see behind the curtain and I got to see the conversations that go on between jockeys and managers and trainers. And I come away from that thinking, I ain't fucking ever betting on the horses again. Yeah. Because horse racing, there's a, you know, if you're standing outside putting a bet on, not, you know, not even knowing what the horses will look like in the parade ring, you're literally just, mate, it's fucking free money to the yeah. bookies because yeah. it doesn't work like that. But mixed martial arts, and in a lot of ways, boxing as well. I know boxing's not really as competitive in terms of a card as a UFC event but a UFC event like that Lincoln event at the weekend I see on your Twitter account because I had a little look last week I thought right I'll, I'll see what Chris is doing and keep an eye on it and I'd seen you basically put out on Twitter this card's tight as fuck so yeah. be careful if you're gambling here mm-hmm. and there's a few guys come back and they were going well I've done a Maraga Alcantara double that's fucking this this and this mm-hmm. and then and I and I seen that and thought you're probably right. Yeah, I'd I'd go with that double. Mm-hmm. That's a decent double. Both those guys got beat. Both it's those tough. guys got beat. It's, it's crazy. Tough. It's really tough. The only fight on this card which was free money and was always free money and will mm-hmm. ever be free money was Jake Ellenberger getting knocked out. Yeah. That was the only one. But do you know what? When when I when I, when the the odds first come out for a card, I like scan through the card and, and certain names will always jump out at me. And Ellenberger was such a huge underdog. Yeah, that name did jump out at me. Because with, with, when the odds are that that attractive in MMA, at the end of the day, there's only no, if you take all the analysis out of it, of there's only two outcomes. Yeah. And with Ellenberger being such a huge underdog, he's got power in his hands. Back in, back I know Barbarina's got a beard from. on him in more ways than one, <laughs> yeah. but Ellenberger's still massive power. And and yeah. you look at it and you think, you know, th- that might be worth a gamble. But then when you when I went back and watched the footage, I could see. He's shot. Unfortunately. Yeah, Ellenberg yeah. shot to bits. Because I thought that. I thought, looking at the card, when it got made, I thought, fuck, you've, you've done him no favours giving him Barbara, yeah. and he was a bit of a monster. And then, But then I thought, 
this is in Nebraska, and mm-hmm. that's where Ellenberg is from. Win, lose, or draw, I can see Ellenberg hanging them up here. Maybe in the first round, and he and he come out quite aggressively as well. But then a minute in, you just think you're being aggressive against Barbara, and you can yeah. bang. And as soon as he catches, you'll go. Yeah. And fuck me, he went didn't he? he just caught yeah. him, and he was he was he was finished. So yeah. is that so? When you see guys like that, as you say, Ellenberg is straight away. That's a red flag. This mm-hmm. guy's got no chin. But then. The gambling makes you go, well, actually, what are those odds like? Yeah. Because this is MMA. Exactly. And fucking anything can happen. Exactly. And I just look for, because I study so much footage, like I said, I'd just be sat at home in my pants now, usually watching USC Fight Pass all day. So this That's is it. basically, so this is your life then? You said you're living the dream. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, you never came to the studio today in a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I know, because you never parked it next to mine. <laughs> but the, uh, so y- y- this is that you, you said to your missus, right, I'm going to do this full time. Mm-hmm. So, does she work? Does she go all day and work? Does she? Yeah. So she comes home from work, mm-hmm. and you're still in your undies, still watching yeah. Fight Pass. Yeah. And she can't say fuck all. Nothing, mate. Not like, even when we're on holiday. You haven't, even, you haven't even hoovered the living room. I you're get like, that. I'm grafting. Have you spoken to her? Because <laughs> that's exactly what she would say. <laughs> the know? tea's not even ready. Come yeah. on. This is exactly this is exactly <laughs> what she would say. You're like, I've been fucking grafting yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Watching, watching Fight Pass for eight hours. Day. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Wow. It's crazy. But she's super supportive. Yeah. Because she's seen, like, blood, sweat, and tears, like, how hard it is. Like, my lowest lows. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've almost jacked it in a couple times of over course. the 10 years. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, though, like, honestly, when I first started, I'm not exaggerating, like, phone bill getting cut off every month. You'd have gas and electric on the meter in a house we were renting, and it would be just trying to make that electric lasts a couple more days till payday. Of course. Do you know what I mean? So since then now, like, drive a decent car, bought our own house, and that wouldn't have been possible without gambling. Of course. So she's just all in as well. She's super on board. Amazing. Did, were you able to get a... a were you still working at Tesco's when you got your mortgage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah So that's why it cause... took me so long to um, to just go full-time into MMA because if I tried to get a mortgage earn a living from gambling, I would just got laughed out. Exactly. the bank so I well, have to keep listen, it most fighters who we have in the studio they get laughed out yeah because there's no guaranteed income there yeah so I had to I had to get the house sorted um, that's something I've always wanted to do never yeah. thought it would be possible especially with the way house prices are going of course um, and then literally as soon as we got the house that was it then for, for all in on MMA wow in your so you do bet on other sports um, I or is don't. it just like the World Cup's coming I'll have a bit yeah. of fun all, all it all it is. I've never bet on other sports before. Like if if we went to a casino now, I I wouldn't be gambling. I would be the guy saying, "Guys, listen, like you're fighting a losing battle. Don't bother." Yeah. Because I know what it takes to actually make a profit. So if I'm if I'm not feeling super confident in something, I know I'm going to lose because I know what it takes to know to have to know enough about MMA to make a profit on it. Yeah. But like recently, I've started to dip my toe into football betting only because I'm a season ticket a, car, a season ticket holder at Cardiff City right. so in the Premier League, and the Premier League has got the the highest liquidity in terms of betting on pretty much any sport that I've seen because online gambling is illegal in America, so like NFL and that doesn't carry the same mm-hmm. liquidity. Yeah. So it's interesting to me because the way MMA is over here with the broadcast times and stuff. The liquidity is low, which means it's hard to get big bets on. Mm. There's not as much money in the pot. Gotcha. So bookies aren't willing to take as big a bet. Right. Um, 
But with football betting, if I could crack another sport with higher liquidity, that's when you do get the Lambo money, you do get the Ferrari money. Because it, I will, the way MMA is going, I will never achieve that because liquidity is too low. Like wow. You can make a decent income, yeah. but you're not going to be... like You'll never make millions just purely because yeah. they won't take bets of that size. Yeah, and y- you can see the liquidity for yourself. Like If you go onto an exchange like Betfair Exchange or Matchbook and you go you know, left-hand side, click into MMA, the latest UFC event, it'll show you how much liquidity just on that website is on that fight. And, and honestly, sometimes, I know it's an exchange, but some fights on the prelims, they, they might have only taken like 70 quid in bets, wow. which means that'll be the max bet limit. Yeah, yeah. And But if you were to go on to, say, a Premier League game, you're talking millions. millions. So I don't know if I can do it, but all I know is I've never had a fight in my life I, I didn't know anything about MMA before I started this. I'm just a fan. Yeah. And I've done this. So I think, you know, I've, I have watched football all my life, played football all my life. Maybe you can make the we'll see what today. happens. Maybe we'll see. Wow. But I'm not too sure. In, in terms of MMA, then, obviously, you, you got into it watching tough in the early days. Um, you say you've never trained MMA, but at what stage... Did this passion for MMA kind of burn bright? It's never. It, I'm sure you weren't watching it initially, going, "I can make money betting on this." No. You're probably you're watching it. What, what what inspired you to to enjoy it so much? I think like it was just when I first started watching, like certain fighters were coming up, like Anderson Silva, and I used to look forward to his fights like months in advance. It was like the night before Anderson Silva would fight. It was like Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And and at first it was just just watching MMA for something to do while my son was up at night, but then over time I just grew to love it. And I don't know what it was, I just love it. And I still to this day like every every weekend I look forward to it. Like we haven't we haven't had much UFC lately, but I'm itching now for UFC two two eight. I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be insane. You know, can't wait. What's um? Can you remember what's your, what's your biggest return on a on a fight? Well, because I don't do accumulators or big bets like that, it's not loads. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably about six or seven grand, something yeah. like that. I think it was the, probably the biggest one I've ever had was Rose Namajunas to beat Paige Van Zandt. Oh, right. Because okay. oh, she yeah. was a decent-sized underdog. Of course. And I, when I researched that fight, it was so strange. Like I watched their past fights, just like I always do, mm-hmm. and it was one of those rare moments. Like You get them once or twice a year where you research a fight and you're like, what the fuck are the bookies seeing here? Yeah. Because it just seems too good to be true. You know yeah. when you know that when you something seems too Paige good to be true. Had been on Dancing with the Stars, yeah. she was a superstar. Yeah. The UFC were fast tracking yeah. her. And I I looked at looked at their past fights. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Because Nama Junis was like a two to one underdog. Wow, which is crazy in hindsight. It's insane, crazy. Of course, but the the signs were there. Like if. Because that that's another thing that people people don't always realize. When the bookies set the odds on a card, it is literally just someone's opinion, mm-hmm. a trader's opinion, where they set those opening odds and how those they see those fights going. And we're all wrong all the time. Of course. So there's always going to be money to be made. Um, it just it takes a lot of work because obviously you're doing battle with multinational companies that have got a lot of experience and they're trying to set accurate odds and they're trying to trying to trying to make people lose money at the end of the day. Do you think that's why sometimes you get little gems, though? Because potentially the guys making odds for, you know, AN domestic UK operator aren't as maybe as screwed on about MMA as, mm-hmm. as maybe the Las Vegas counterparts would be. Definitely. And, and we're seeing it recently. So um, the odds on, like, some of the PFL cards recently, the odds on the Dana White's Contender Series, just absolutely insane, where you can just, you can tell 
So you can tell initially because obviously you're just looking at the odds, you're looking at Wikipedia. But when you look at the odds, you've got massive underdogs in some of these fights. When you watch footage, you don't you don't need to know anything about fighting really. Yeah. Very quickly you'll see that this has just been plucked out of thin air. Yeah. It's probably that with all the with all the events now, Bellator, PFL, they're even doing odds on KSW, Cage Warriors. Yeah. It's probably just a time time issue because it takes me 30, 40 hours a week sat in my pants watching fight footage. And I'm sure there's no one at Bet365 HQ doing that. So yeah. it's kind of in a way, I do feel confident that, that, that you can make money on this sport because it's just about outworking people, just like anything really, isn't it? The hardest workers. Of course, can, with the rewards. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you find stuff like KSW or Cage Warriors or Dana White's Contender Series, that's where you generally find the little gems? Well, the the problem is, I don't personally bet on those events because liquidity is just tiny. It's, it's really difficult, but I do research them and give bets out for people on my website um, because they, they still bet on them. Yeah. And, and it's good as well for me to obviously uh, keep up to date with like fighters coming into the top promotions of course. Uh, and see, what, see what's going on there. So I've got a good knowledge of them then when they come into the bigger promotions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of Rose beating Paige, obviously that was a good payday for you. Is, do you have certain fighters like they just stick with Rose right through the, the Nami Yunus fights and think, yeah, she yeah. paid off for me before, she'll yeah. pay for me again? Or can you not do that? I know I, I don't do that, but I. You never I, back Rose to be. No, fucking, I'm oh, a fool. I am a fool. I know. Seven fight disciples, Rose will yeah. beat her. I, I, I said to everyone, like everyone was betting Young Jacek. Yeah. And I was like, guys, be careful. Because Rose, those first two rounds, I mean that that ended up not being true. You know what you know what we said earlier on about fighters are constantly improving. Yeah. The adversity that Rose battled through in that rematch go twenty five minutes. Like she's never shown cardio like that before. No. In the past she would have broken after eating some of those shots and, and, and taking some of that pressure off in J Check, but she fought through it and that is literally textbook example of why MMA is so difficult to bet on. Because yeah. fighters are constantly improving. But I you know, I said she, those first two rounds, she's a nightmare. And I didn't bet her again in the rematch because even though she starts Joanna early, yeah. I thought, you know, if Joanna can survive first couple of rounds, weather the storm, drag her into deep waters, we're going to see a fade like Come she did storm. against Kavalkiewicz. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I was wrong on both, both, both accounts. But I'm chuffed as well because Rose, she's just class. Yeah, like to have a champion like that, yeah, exactly. she's amazing. And you can see as well, when you see a fighter, like improve that match. I was going to say, you must have watched out. You, uh, you know, I would compare, with the amount of footage you watch, I would compare you to someone like Dan Hardy because Dan literally will spend eight hours a day watching mm. footage as well for a completely mm. different reason, obviously just to, yeah. for his knowledge and his analytics. But you must watch fights like that and think, wow. More than anyone, you can sit back and think, fuck me, Rose Namajunas has improved. Yeah, and improved definitely. Insane mm-hmm. from where she was when she started in the UFC. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, Dan Hardy's obviously another level. Um, I watch his Beyond the... Is it Road to the Octagon? Beyond the, Octagon, the Octagon? yeah, yeah. And they're just amazing. Well, inside the Octagon. Inside with, the Octagon. With John, yeah. Because he, what, what he does and what I can't do, because I don't have that level of knowledge, he's just he just picks out details that, to the naked eye I, w- I would never see. Yeah. And that's why I love what he does. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and if you think, if someone like that started betting on MMA... He would be a dangerous beast yeah. <laughs> because what he's seeing, if if I'm not seeing it, all the hours I spend watching watching footage, there's no way the traders, the bookies are seeing it. Just no way. Of course. Which is the um, over in your opinion over the last ten years? Then which fighter 
of that ilk would you say is the most improved? The guy, person that you've first started oh, watching and maybe started thinking, well, he's fighting, I'll bet against that guy or that girl. And now, like, you know, they, they've mm. come to contendership or whatever. Most improved, that's a tough one. I think Tony Ferguson is probably in there. Yeah. You know, if you look at what he's done. I know he, I know he hasn't lost much. His, his, his record's amazing. But the fighter he's become, just relentless cardio, relentless pressure. Yeah. Um, he's pretty amazing. Also, just from recently, because it's, it's obviously easier for me to remember recent fighters, like the Kevin Lee that fought Edson Barboza is a completely different fighter. Absolutely. Completely different. Again, so I bet on Barboza in that fight because mm. his, his takedown defense is in- incredible. Yeah. Uh, you have to write the Khabib fight off because of Khabib's just another level. So you look at before the Khabib fight, his takedown defense impenetrable. Mm-hmm. And you think... After the first two rounds, Lee starts to slow down significantly. So in a 25-minute fight, this is a great matchup for Barboza. Yeah. And Lee, literally, in the fifth round, was the fresher fighter. It's mad, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Um, again, Amanda Nunes, probably a big big one as well, because, again, cardio issues. You look at her fight against Shevchenko, after, uh, her first fight against Shevchenko. Yeah. After six or seven minutes, she was gassed out of her mind. Absolutely. She did the same against Katzingano. And now, you know... Her last two fights, Shevchenko uh, went 25 minutes, Pennington 25 minutes. Uh, and again, Nunes looked fresh in that fifth round against Pennington. And, and the, the fight was contested at quite a high pace. Mm-hmm. I thought literally from the first minute, Nunes, her output was really high. And watching it, I thought she's going to fade here. She's not going to be able to keep this up. Yeah. But she did. Absolutely, and, she did. So I know that's not the best answer because we're looking over the entire time. But it's easier to remember the newer ones. Like recent ones. No, yeah, of course. Um with these, the bigger names than the champions, like we've got two big title fights coming up, obviously, with Khabib and Connor and, and Tyler Mudley and Darren Till. Do you ever get to bet on them, or are the odds too, are the odds too well done by the bookies for the big yeah. fights? Or Yeah, I do, yeah, to be honest with you, I do, because another reason why I think MMA can be beaten by that, I just mean you can profit on it compared to some other sports which are trickier, is because in a lot of ways... MMA does share a little bit of WWE yeah. where fighters' personalities weigh into public perception. Hence the Paige Van Zandt opportunity. Exactly. And where you have, uh, you know, odds are also moved by the amount of money wagered either side on each each fighter. So for that reason, um, yeah, it's just, I think that that the, the way that the personality plays into the odds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Lincoln at the weekend. I know we didn't. I know you didn't uh, flash any cash um, at this event, um, which surprised me because, as I say, I think J.K. Ellenberger fuck me every time he fights. That's free money. He um, was a giant favourite, though. So if you would have bet hundred quid on Barbarina, you would have got like fifty pence. Yeah, yeah, just it's been tough. just a complete waste of time. Um, but let's talk about the main fight, Justin Gacy, James Vick. Now. I'll be honest, going into this fight last week, I said it, I said it on multiple, I said on Fight Disciples, I said it on the other podcast that I do, that I was like, this is James Vick's moment, man. He's going to emerge. We've been waiting for this opportunity. The guy's a genuine lightweight contender. And I was adamant, and I, I didn't have a bet on it, but I wanted to have a bet on James Vick, winning inside the distance, making a statement against Gacy, the opportunity he's been waiting for. And fuck me, I think he's still licking a canvas somewhere in Lincoln, Nebraska. Isn't Brutal. Absolutely Brutal. starched him. Brutal. You didn't see that coming, did you? Well, you know, I said earlier, like I scanned through the fights. Gaethje was one of the names that first jumped out at me just because he was the, the underdog. And I thought that Vic has been caught cold quite a few times before, like Darius caught him, yep. trapped him puncher. against the cage. And that's kind of what Gaethje does, works his way inside, 
and then just uncorks bombs. And I thought, you know, with 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 the way the Vic stands so tall, yeah. he could catch him. But then when I actually watched footage, I thought, no way. Because the way Gaethje does try and get inside, he literally just plods forward with his hands up, just yeah. eating bombs. Poirier was just teeing off on him. But Poirier started to slow down at some points in that fight. It was only the foul that kind of gave him the second win to, right. to get the knockout. Yeah. But with Vic, he's so his cardio is so good, and he's so good at staying on the outside and picking people off as they come in. I thought Gaethje's just going to march forward, and Vic's just going to pick him off, circle out of danger, keep his back off the cage, because Gaethje's not particularly good at cutting the octagon off. He no. just relentless pressure. Zombie. Yeah. Just walks you down like a yeah. zombie. Yeah, like the Walking Dead. But I think Gaethje just didn't give Vic time to, to settle. He caught him cold. Yeah. And I think that's where it was. Vic didn't have time to settle. I was so disappointed because. You know, I genuinely believe James Vick has been one of the most undervalued lightweights in this in this there in the UFC. And I think is the run he's put together, he just. But he's once again, he's you know, it reminds it's starting to feel a little bit like Bisping. He's mm-hmm. getting to that fucking final yeah. hurdle where you think he might get a shot at you. Yeah. And yet he's fall, he falls dramatically as well. Yeah. Um, I, I was like, yeah, I thought he was backing off well. He's throwing nice leg kicks. He was firing out a nice straight one too. You know, James Vick's background is Golden Gloves national champion boxer. So I just didn't, I thought Gaethje was kind of made for him. Mm-hmm. But then, as you say, he's got that suspect chin, unfortunately. And fuck mm-hmm. me. Yeah. That was one of the, he was put to sleep. That was one of the, yeah. the soundest knockouts yeah. we've seen for a while. Michael Johnson moved down to featherweight, finally got a winner featherweight as well against mm-hmm. Touchy Feely. Did you? It was quite close. I thought Johnson had got it, me two mm-hmm. to one, but one of the judges had it three rounds to Feely, mm-hmm. zero to Johnson. Weird. Did you score the fight? Did you? I scored it for Philly, but. Two to one. De- yeah, but he definitely made the fight closer than it needed to be. Like, yeah. I was surprised because, because against Labov and Bermudez. He did a really good job of like finishing every round strong, putting his stamp on the rounds. And in the third round of those fights, he 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 saved enough gas in the tank to to get fights to the ground. Yeah. Well, he's got a really strong top game. He's a strong yeah. wrestler. He didn't used to show that a few years back, but he's getting stronger. And I thought, you know, we've seen MJ slow down in the past. Um, you know, Philly had a lot of control in the second round. Took his back for a good two minutes, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. And then with MJ finishing the second round so strong. You know, I thought he might have dumped off quite a bit of energy with that ground and pounds. He was landing bombs from top position. He was, yeah. And I expected because of that Philly to finish a third round strong, but he didn't. I'm guessing maybe Philly he took thought... his back and he shook him off. And yeah. He stood back up straight again. So yeah. I thought, well, that was Philly's big moments. He should have just kept yeah. his back. It was frustrating to watch, wasn't it? Because yeah. the hooks the Philly had in were so loose. Yeah. And you could just see MJ could have exploded into top position at any point. And he, he timed it well because MJ didn't give him enough time to improve his position, then MJ finished the round strong, which is probably what decided the fight in the end. Of course. Michael Johnson, is he somebody you've had a bet on in the past? Or... Yeah, he's been I on actually, a poor run, but he's yeah. bounced back here, the featherweight. I actually bet on him to beat Gaethje, which he obviously lost, yeah. um, because I watched Gaethje's fights back in the World Series of Fighting, and he was struggling against guys like Luis Firmino. Yeah, well, he had um, absolute wars with yeah. Firmino, didn't he? And I honestly thought with MJ's power, I mean, you look what he did to Poirier, of course. I thought Gaethje's just going to come out and get starched. And he almost did, to be fair. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. was on wobbly legs a few times, but yeah. weathered the storm. Um, Barbarena, Ellen Berger, obviously we've talked about that. Barbarena, is he another guy at welterweight that doesn't really get the respect he deserves? You know, MMA mm-hmm. lab, absolutely sound on the ground, but yeah. heavy fucking hands. Yeah, he's just hands. he's just one of those guys. He's like, he's great at nothing, 
but he's reasonably good at everything and mm-hmm. his toughness just makes him a nightmare for almost anyone unless you've got the cardio to match him because he's not going away I think like his style must be demoralising because no matter what you hit him with he's just going to keep coming forward yeah. so tough to deal with Was there anything else on that card where you come away thinking for fuck's sake you know where you were close um, you know Calderwood or Mickey Gall I was thinking to Dan last week and he was like this guy's this George Sullivan's a fucking gimme for Mickey Gall mm-hmm. and you know, or yeah. or is it occasion with the odds just aren't tempting enough? Yeah, just to be honest with you, when I look for bets, it's kinda of like you know you know if you go into like a shop and there's a sale on and you'll you'll like the look of something and you'll pick it up and then you'll see the price, you'll be like, Oh fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not having that, it's too expensive. And you'll pick something else up and it'll be a good price and you'll think, Yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a bit of that. That's pretty much what betting's like. And I just scanned through the re- I spent ages researching the card. Yeah. Gave you like two weeks because of the, the break. I just neth- found nothing. And that's a big part of making money from gambling as well, is knowing when to pull the trigger. Yeah. Like, Because a lot of people are itching to place those bets. It's been two weeks since the last event, yeah. and they just want to get a bet on to make the fights more exciting. You've just got to know when to chill. Of course. And it's events like that. You know, you look at um, you look at the Philly-MJ fight, the Angela Hill-Courtney Casey fight, razor close, went to a split decision. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Vic Gaethje fight probably is a coin flip because of Vic's, Vic's, you know, potential to get caught cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gaethje's just w- so reckless. And the odds were roughly close to even. So you just think you just have to know when to pass. Wow. And the whole card was like that pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think that's the, from the outside looking in, that's like the difficult part of it. Yeah. It's like we've been waiting for weeks for the UFC events. Yeah. One comes along and you go, yeah, I'm not better. Yeah. yeah. And and it's even harder, like with my website, because I've made mistakes over the years where Trying to force people it. are expecting bets. Of course, because it's it's entertainment at the end of the day. They they want bets. They want to have a good time on the weekend. They're paying good money for it. Yeah. But over the years, I've literally just had to learn to just block it out and just do my own thing. Because yeah. if I do my own thing, everyone else will benefit. Yeah. But it's taken a while to learn that. Of course. Uh, let's look ahead to two two eight then Woodley versus Till. Obviously, you know my bet. Um, yeah, 100%. I might join you. I might join second you. Second round. I actually spoke to Tyron Woodley yesterday for about 25 minutes in this very studio. Uh, that'll be dropping a Fight Disciples next week. I want to do something with Darren Till as well, get them both in a big build-up head-to-head. Uh, is there anything on this 228 card? Obviously, Woodley Till. Is there anything on the undercard where, you th- where you're looking forward to it? You're rubbing your hands together? Um, I mean, sh- no one's really talking about the other title fight, Shevchenko against Montano. Yep. Free and money. I- I, Gail, well, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is another one of those fights like Ellenberger Barbarina where you do expect Shevchenko to win, but yeah. Montano is a huge underdog and she's scrappy. Of course. Really scrappy. And to be honest with you, Shevchenko's obviously a beast. Yeah, yeah. But there are they have been in the past chinks in her armor. Absolutely. Like she is a little passive at times. Yep. Doesn't have the best fight IQ. I mean, she was probably a minute and 30 seconds away from winning the title against Nunes when she went for that head and arm throw and ended up on the bottom. Yep. Little things like that. And I mean, Montano probably is a good stylistic matchup for her because Montano does come forward. She does push the pace and that's what Shevchenko wants. Mm-hmm. So she can pick you off. Yeah. But I just think, you know, I think Montano at the moment is like a seven or eight to one underdog. Wow. So As a champion. It's yeah. Insane. It's nuts. Yeah. And I know Shevchenko should get it done, but those are the kind of fights where... You know, like anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think people just aren't giving Montano any respect. No. She can only beat Wasprey in front of her yeah. at the end of the day. And she did look good on Tef. She beat Bob, I'm sure she beat Bob Honchak on mm-hmm. Tef. She did, yeah. Who was the flyweight champion for forever. Yeah, yeah. So. So is that yeah. the stuff, obviously, heading into this card? 
will you have a go at Montagna? Will you think? Yeah. Probably not, if no. I'm honest. It's probably a pass. Just because your brain is yeah. telling you Shevchenko is going to win. Yeah, what I would say about fights like that, people are more likely, so say they fancy a bet on um, Woodley or Till, yeah. they'll throw Shevchenko into an accumulator just to sweeten the odds a little bit, and that's where you get killed. Of course. Th- those are the kind of bets where you get killed. You should just avoid or roll the dice. Yeah, yeah. So Is that yeah. like your golden rule, accumulators? I don't play, very rarely. Maybe like less than like two or three a year, maybe. Wow. Maybe in extreme circumstances. I think the last one I had was Paul Craig was fighting a Russian. I can't remember the Russian's name. He got a big win. He got like he submitted him with a triangle in like the last second. Last second. Yeah, that was. Can't remember who the Russian guy was. That was in. It was in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it. Yeah, the Russian guy beat the shit out of him. Yeah. For literally 14 minutes, 59 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And he got a triangle in the dying second. I remember it because I remember going So that's, there you go, kids. That's why you don't place accumulators <laughs> because that one got crushed. So I parlayed him with Khabib to beat Ayaquinta, which was taking place around about the same time. Yeah. And obviously it got crushed. So when you're watching that fight and you're thinking... I was on 14 minutes, out. 50 seconds calculator in, here out. we go. That was a mistake I made, calculator out. I was like, calculator out, working out my winnings. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Oh, and the Russian God. tapped immediately. It was like the fastest tap to was, a triangle I've ever insane. seen. Couldn't believe it's it. It's like he didn't hear the klaxon. It was like yeah. no one in his corner. As soon as he threw the triangle up, no one in his corner just went, five seconds, yeah. don't worry. You know, he, Literally, as soon as it was yeah. on, he tapped. It was immediate. I've yeah. never seen anything like it. Yeah, absolutely mental. I've never seen anything like it. Because I was in the media room at UFC London. And uh, I wasn't outside. We were inside. We were doing some recording. And uh, I just remember jumping around the place, freaking out. Because yeah. I was just like, I've never seen anything yeah. like that before. Do you know what, though? At the same time, like because I lose so much, like you do become numb to it. Like, it just doesn't bother you anymore. Yeah. And I felt like Paul Craig's had some tough matchups. Yeah. And he showed it. so many improvements in that fight. And the, the Russian was a beast. Yeah. Like, I watched some of his past fights in M1 and it, he looked incredible. That's obviously why I don't usually bet on guys making their UFC debut. That's a golden rule that I broke and I got punished for it. Yeah. But Paul Craig, that was his best performance. Even though he got do- dominated in inverted commas, I thought he looked great. So to see him get a win, I was chuffed because I think he would have lost three in a row. He would have probably been out, to be honest. So that's amazing for him to get that win. Yeah. Chuffed for that. In terms of British fighters then, obviously um, <clears throat> you say you don't bet on, on guys making their UFC debut. Danny Roberts obviously fought someone a few weeks back. He was coming over from KSW. Um, Mark Jacasey is someone we've got been getting super excited about, but has lost three on the skid now. Yeah. Did you get burned by the Mark Mark Jacasey thing, or will it because he's because mm-hmm. he's always been a favourite? Have you stayed away from him? To be honest, I have bet against the Jacasey a few times, like Draka. So this is another example of where the bookies screwed up, in my opinion. Yeah. So Draka closer was a huge underdog against the Jacasey. I think about a two to one underdog. So I did bet closer in that fight, but it's just because that that's another example of a situation where Hapkaras is amazing. Mm-hmm. And for me, even though Diakese lost that fight, that was his best performance. He I showed agree. amazing improvements. Yeah, he did, yeah. And for me, where he's showing that type of improvement, you've got to keep him around. He's young and exciting. I, and the reason why I bet against him when he fought Tracar close was just because I didn't feel like as such a young fighter he'd learned to pace himself. Yeah. He used to come out so aggressive, yeah. have a huge adrenaline dump and then yeah. fade. Try crazy shit. Yeah. And and Drakkar closer, he's your Brian Bahrain, a typical MMA lab type guy. Yeah. He'll just keep coming forward, grind on you, break you down. And I felt that's why closer was a bad matchup for Diakese. But in that Hapkaras fight, it's like Hapkaras is a monster. Brilliant. So good. Yeah. And I thought Diakese looked excellent. Like I saw, I, I actually tweeted 
Diakese afterwards obviously didn't reply to me or anything, but he, he posted something like super disappointed, I let everyone down, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I just said, mate, like that you were you were a beast. Like that was the best performance you've had since you've been in the UFC and you're on the right track, man. You just have to keep grinding. Like Hakras will do that to a lot of guys in the yeah. division, you know? The another British guy who, who fights on this on this Till Woodley undercard is Craig White. Obviously we see them debut in Liverpool, coming yeah. up late notice. Took on a guy ranked number seven in the world. Mm-hmm. Fucking, he was always on a hide into nothing in Liverpool. Yeah, but he's been handed in MMA terms a little bit of a golden ticket in Diego yeah. Sanchez, someone who generates ticket sales. Fans love him. He's always in, you know, fight of the year contenders. Uh, but another guy like Ellen Berger certainly on the slide. Do you fancy that fight at all? Have you looked at the betting for it? Because yeah. it would suggest because of Sanchez's background that mm-hmm. he would start as favourite. But has Craig White got the ability? Do you think to get that one done? I think he does definitely with Craig White. He's quite a big favorite in that fight. Oh, so, is he? Yeah, he's a big yeah over which I was surprised at, mate. Yeah. I was surprised at because I fancied him straight away. That was a name that jumped out at me, Craig White. Yeah, but it's. T- I'm, I'll have to research it. I'm not too sure. I don't really want to speak too much on whether I think he's a good bet or not because he is a big favorite. The payoff's not great. Yeah, but it's great to see guys like Craig White get rewarded with a fight like that because he's one of those guys that just goes out on his shield. The wars he's been in in Cage Warriors. Yep. And I love to see guys like that get rewarded because Dana White always talks about he wants exciting fights. He wants you to leave it all out there. But quite often, guys that come in with that style end up cut, end up losing money, you know, end up taking a lot of damage and injuries because of it. So to see Craig White get rewarded, big name, winnable fight, I think that's brilliant. And hopefully he gets it done. I think he might might be a bit like the Akezi where it might take him a couple of bad losses to just learn because he's brilliant. From a tech, like a brilliant fighter, technically, yeah. just maybe learn to now he's at that higher level just to pace himself a bit better, fight a bit smarter. Yeah, and I think he could do great. Absolutely. In terms of Tar- Darren Till, then let's finish off at talking about Darren Till. Of course, you know you when he fought for someone that's obviously analysed his background, and you know I've been there, I've been around him and his camp for a while, for twenty years, in fact. But from someone like yourself, who's obviously analysed his fights from Brazil, coming into the UFC, his progression now the way he talked in the build-up to UFC Liverpool, yet the way he performed was absolutely completely different from what he said he was going to do, what everyone expected him to do. Did that performance against Wonderboy surprise you? And while, how does that make you think he'll go into the fight, truly go into the fight against Tyron Woodley? Like, he took a lot of criticism for that performance from some people, but I thought it was brilliant. Me too, yeah. Because he beat an extremely high-level striker. Was Thompson 57-0 in yep. pro kickboxing? Yep. And he beat him at his own game. He beat him in a kickboxing match. And and people question the decision and stuff, but Till finished every round strong. Yeah. Everyone's playing by the same rules. We know judges award more. We know we know judges we know judges like to score rounds in favour of the guy who finishes the round strongest. Yes. And Till did that. Guys on the front foot. Exactly. More. Controlled the centre of the octagon and won the and boxing nearly, exchanges. And nearly stopped him with that when he caught him with that overhand right. Exactly. So for me, when people question the decision, the performance, it was nonsense. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to rush in and get flatlined in front of your hometown crowd? Yeah. Just ridiculous. Because Tyron Woodley didn't do it. Exactly. Tyron Woodley didn't exactly. rush in against Wonderboy. And that's what's interesting about that fight. Now, I know, obviously, Till and Thompson, two different guys. Thompson, basing karate, Till's more of a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. But they've got this similar size, similar frame. Yeah. No, a similar style-ish, if you, you know, a long striker. Yeah. Very good at using their range. Um, and I think that's interesting because we've seen Tyron Woodley for 50 minutes 
compete against that similar style and in my opinion didn't do great no he didn't and, w- and with Thompson he doesn't have the hands to cause Woodley a problem well, he doesn't compared have the to Till that's the difference yeah yeah, Woodley is basically uh, Till. Sorry, is basically Stephen Wonderboy Thompson with power, exactly, and with boxing. a bit more youthful aggression about him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you look at the backgrounds, Stephen Thompson's background is point scoring style karate. Mm-hmm. It is landing a shot and not taking a shot, mm-hmm. and using that length. Whereas Till's is using that length, but fucking hating guys as well, yeah. landing, detonating bombs, yeah. elbows and strikes, punches especially. And with Woodley, how he stays so tight to the cage and that that distance in range, you know, if Till catches him, he's got nowhere to go. Yeah. Because he does like to be tight to the cage. So it's it's a tough, I think it's a tough fight for Woodley. Because to me, Till's Till's gone on like a similar path over the last few years to Kevin Lee, where really the only chink in his armour was his cardio. Like he did slow down quite a lot against Jesse Nayari and also against Velikovic. Yeah, yeah. But to go 25 hard minutes in front of your hometown crowd with all that adrenaline against Stephen Thompson, like for me, that's like tick, of course. problem solved, sorted. So he's a nightmare for Woodley, in my opinion. Yeah. Like complete nightmare. Yeah. I think Woodley's a, I didn't say this to him yesterday, but I think he's a six minute fighter. I think yeah. he can get, if you he can is. make him fight for more than six minutes, and yeah. by that I mean put it on him for yeah. more than six minutes, yeah. he, he just burns out because and he's thing- so big. And the thing is, when I know Nicholas Dalby's not in the same league as Tyron Woodley, but in Intel's fight against Dalby, we saw him extremely tired, yeah. extremely hurt, and he hung in there, man. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. wouldn't quit. A lot of, in that third round. Exactly, a lot of fighters would have looked for a way out. So the fact we've seen him go through that yeah. means, and we the thing is, even even if Till's cardio was an issue. Woodley's not going to fight at a high enough pace to test that because he can't. Exactly. And I'd bet on Till's Till's. Till's heart and his cardio all day long yeah. over Woodley. The only thing that concerns me about that fight is on the Joe Rogan podcast, Woodley said that every single fight he does a specific camp for the guy he's facing and the camp's all around him. Mm-hmm. So based on the 15, 50 minutes we saw against Thompson, I think Till's got one hell of a chance of winning this. Yeah, But is Woodley bringing anything new to the table that we haven't seen? Well, when I spoke to Woodley yesterday, and as I say, I'll put this out as a as a podcast um, probably early next week in the build-up to the fight, he basically said, I didn't do any sparring whatsoever for Damian Meyer. There was no point. Mm-hmm. But I've gone back to heavy sparring like I did for Robbie Lawler. Mm-hmm. He said, I did sp- I sparred as well for Stephen Thompson, but I've gone to heavy sparring like I did for Robbie Lawler, which means that he's expecting to be in a little bit of a war. Mm-hmm. He's expecting to take shots. But I just think that Darren Till is a lot bigger and hits a lot harder yeah. than... You know, a forty-year-old Robbie Lawler and one hell of a chin. Yeah, and you've got to put yourself in extreme danger to cover that distance. Of course, because Till's so good at fighting long. Yeah, of course. And I know, I know, he, I know, because he fights with his hands low. He does have a habit of eating some big shots, but he's always moving with the punch. He's always if he takes know? the punches. Yeah, as yeah. he's moving backwards, of course he does. Um, we can't. This show's run away with us as always. But I've got to ask you before you go, uh, Conor Khabib. Mm-hmm. Where you stand on Conor Khabib? I'm going to say no more because I just want to get your right. pure take on it. But where are you at with Conor versus Khabib? So Conor, my favorite fighter ever. Yeah, I love him. I'm praying he wins because I think he'll be better for all of us. Of I think. Fuck yeah! I need Conor this is the to Conor win. Conor McGregor business. I need Conor to win, yeah. but I just think it's an enormous mountain to climb. Yeah, an enormous mountain to climb because the thing is, people are maybe not putting enough 
uh, weight on that win over Barboza. Like, Barboza's takedown defense was unbelievable. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, when I was researching the Chad Mendes versus Miles Jury fight, I went back and watched Mendes versus McGregor. And I know it was three years ago, yeah. but it, it just wasn't pretty. It wasn't, but it was three years ago, mm-hmm. and he did take it at late notice. Yeah, that's true. You that's know? true. I just worry he with He men. wasn't prepping to face a, mm-hmm. a wrestler. He was prepping to face, but it's Jose Aldo, wasn't it, at the time, a striker? Yeah, yeah. So... That that was uh, that would be a counter argument there. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, you know, I'm fucking the exact opposite. I think Khabib is made for him. I think Connor will get up. Connor will stuff takedowns, and he may he may end the first round on his back. Mm-hmm. But I think second round, first minute, Khabib rushes in, and he gets teed off on. I hope you're right. Yeah. I'm praying you're right. Well, listen, we're both making a living in the MMA business. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, the MMA business and the Conor McGregor business are very it's much the same thing. tied together. Yeah. The success of Conor McGregor yeah. is the success of the industry at the moment. Yeah. So have you ever made money on Conor fights, even in the early days? Or has um, he never been a viable bet? I'm trying to think. Because it's cool that he's your favourite mm. fighter. Obviously, right now he's your favourite yeah. fighter. Um, listen, he should be everyone's favourite fighter. He's mm-hmm. a fucking once-in-a-lifetime athlete, mm-hmm. let's be honest. But this is the cool bit about your job and what you do. That yeah. you can go, oh, my favorite fighter. Like I could not not bet on John Jones. Yeah, yeah. Because John Jones for me is the best that's ever done it, best yeah. that ever will do it. So for you to go, Connor's my favorite fighter. And me ask, have you ever made any money? And you're like, well, I don't actually know. I haven't. I think I, I think I've only ever bet on him once and lost. Is one. I think it's one of my biggest losses ever, and that was the first time he fought Diaz. I just thought he was going to starch Diaz. Yeah. Honestly, thought he was going to starch him. So I, I didn't expect Connor to fade like that. Of course. And I didn't think Nate would be able to deal with his power. Yeah. And when when Connor came out looking like an Irish Tyron Woodley, yeah. I was like, oh shit! Exactly. Like th- this is not what I'd signed up for. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that coming. So I think yeah, I've only lost on Connor. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm pretty sure I'll be betting Khabib. Wow. Just because, just because the odds will be too irresistible. Yeah, or is, or is that to numb the pain? If no, the the, the odds win? are decent on Khabib. I'm so surprised by the odds. I think again, this is another. This I I could be wrong, but I think this is another example of where public popularity and perception is having an impact on the odds. Yeah, I do think Khabib should be a much bigger favorite than he is, just based on that Barboza performance and also the Ayaquinta performance. I mean, Ayaquinta. BJJ Black Belt and the Matt Serra yeah, yeah. he's got a wrestling background and could be put him in some horrific positions yeah. but Iaquinta did land a few times oh big time as well. big time Michael Johnson the same big time Michael Johnson peppered that chin yeah and I think the thing that, that, that Connor's very good at is if he hurts you he doesn't get carried away. Yeah, yeah. But Khabib's going to feel the pressure if he gets if he gets caught with a, a clean left from Connor. Because yeah. you see, guys, and you happen with Alvarez. Alvarez, stone cold killer, absolute warrior. Yeah. But as but, soon as Connor connected, he was like, "What the fuck?" Just is got this? completely lit up, didn't he? How many oh, well, times did he get dropped? Three times. Connor just lit bad. him up. But at bad. no point when Connor would drop him, Connor didn't pounce on him. No, exactly. Connor was like waiting for him to get up again. And think? that's what you need with Khabib. Because as soon as you let him control your body or grab a leg. He's a nightmare. Yeah. Just doesn't let go. But Connor's got that mentality and that experience to go bang. There you go. You're dropped. Mm-hmm. But I know there's some left in your tank. So I'll yeah. take a step backwards. Let mm-hmm. you get back up. I'll drop you again, which is exactly what he did, as you say, to Alvarez. Yeah. That's what makes the fight so interesting. In terms of that, what was the term you used? Liquidation, was it? Yeah, it's uh, liquidity. Liquidity. Yeah. Will you? Will we see a spike in liquidity <laughs> yeah, around huge. Connor? It'll be huge. for the, Even for Till Woodley, it'll be quite big. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so the big fights you can get decent sized bets down on those. Yeah. Um, but obviously the 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 better opportunities are on like the prelims, the sleepers. Yeah, but it, you can still bet a decent amount. You can still bet a few thousand. Yeah. It's just hard. You might have to do it across multiple different websites and that kind of thing. But it's still possible. Yeah. Wicked. Listen, man, it's been a pleasure to have you oh, on the show. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed a, this. Uh, you've been on a crazy journey. Like, yeah. the last 10 years, people don't kind of realise, because, you know, in a similar vein, I do TV, radio, obviously the podcast, everything else, and, and people contact me all the time going, like, fucking, you know, it's kind of overnight thing, and it? it's just happened for you. And I'm like, I've been a journalist for exactly. 19 years. Exactly. Like, on this journey, been covering exactly. fight sports for 19 years. Uh, it just so happens now that I'm doing more broadcasting than I am writing, but... In your turn, you know, to for being a fan, to making a living, mm-hmm. watching MMA it's crazy. full time is it's just mental. It's crazy. I just that's why I first reached out to you. I think I I just contacted you saying thank you for sharing the news about eleven. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm so happy. Like, if it were to end, yeah, and I ended up back in some office job I hated, it would just it would be devastating. Of course. So that's why I like ha- like I had to say like thank you because I've been freaking <laughs> out and that news was like a big relief. Would that would that you know let's say the eleven thing doesn't materialize? Uh, you know I'm not scaremongering here, but would would you and your family would you consider moving country? Would you consider mm. moving to Australia or moving to America somewhere where you can yeah. have a bet? I have yeah. yeah yeah I have. I mean out of all the countries, the best countries to go to would probably be Canada or Scandinavia, because mm-hmm. they're super relaxed on online gambling laws. Canada's obviously preferable because the time zone yeah, would be course. much better than it is now. I mean, that you know yourself, it's grueling. Yeah, yeah. The times that every Fuck, weekend, yeah. you know, I have to stay in late on Friday to adjust my sleep cycle, and then I'm wrecked all day Sunday, and it takes me to, like, Tuesday to get back into, like, the real world. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. So, yeah, it would be a dream to, to do that. I don't want to leave, though, because my family and stuff, like my parents and... Course. my friends but it is something i've thought about yeah. because there's no that i could i can't think of anything else i could do which could earn like like i say i'm not a wealthy man i don't earn loads but i can't think of a job i could go and get where i could earn this kind of money and i definitely even if it was a job i wouldn't enjoy it so much yeah so it's not something i want to think about so thank god please 11 sports you're listening <laughs> if you check my timeline on twitter every time they post on any time they tweet anything, you'll see me replying, Yeah, cool, but when you launch your TV channel, <laughs> every time spamming them. I love them. it, tremendous. Yeah. Chris, been a pleasure, man. Oh, thank Thanks you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, you can catch Chris, as I say, on Twitter at MMA underscore betting or visit his website, MMABettingTips.com. And you too can chase a dream and listen, make a living watching MMA. Crazy, Class, crazy. It's amazing. Uh, you listen to Fight Disciples. Stick with us this week with the boxing show uh, coming tomorrow with our kid, Young Foz. Uh, we're going to break that one down. Uh, also, as well, but there's a last few of those Gorilla King t-shirts. I'm telling you, once they're gone, they're gone. There ain't going to be no restock this time. They're going to get posted as well today, tomorrow. So they'll be with you in time for UFC 228. Not that that's got anything to do with the name of the t-shirts, obviously, for trademark purposes. You can listen on across social media at Fight Disciples and for our full back catalogue visit fightdisciples.com next week the catalogue will be back oh a big shout out as well to Orange Ape if anyone's seen us on social media he made the sickest meme ever which was the Dallas the team from Dallas the, the TV show and it was me Darren Till 
and Adam as as a woman, and it was weirdly titillating seeing Adam with a with a soft perm. I know he texted me himself saying that he was a uh, he was knocking one out of a picture of himself as a woman. Kind of weird, but that's Castle's world. Catch you later. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.